So, the last time I preached on the parable of the sower, I'm one of these sad people who keeps records of things, and it was 12 years ago when I last spoke on the parable of the sower. There you go, 12 years. So, this is all new material, though, uh, different from the last time I spoke on it. And I'm going to read the passages first. Uh, we find it in Luke chapter 8, verses 4, uh, through all the way to 10. So if you want to look that up, you're welcome to do that. Um, normally in the church in years past, when you said, look it up in your Bible, you'd hear the rustle, rustle of pages. Now you don't, because everybody's got devices and they don't make noises. Which reminds me, has everybody got their phone switched off? Sure. Positive. Mine is switched off. It wasn't before. (laughs) Let's read Luke chapter 8, and we'll start at verse 4. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out uh, to sow his seed, and as he was scattering, uh, sorry, the seed Uh, Some fell on the path, and it was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. And some fell on the rock, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and with it, and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. And when he said this, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And we need to take note of that little verse there because lots of people heard the teaching of Jesus. Not everybody responded to the teaching of Jesus. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. Sorry, I keep touching my page here and it does funny things when I do it. So that's why I'm like, I'm going to keep my hands behind my back, okay? His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables so that through those seeing, uh, they may not see. Though though hearing, they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and when the devil comes and takes away the word uh, from their hearts uh, so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, But in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. An incredible passage of Scripture. And I'm going to come back and refer to that in a minute as we think about the parable of the sower. But I want to give you a little example before I start. Many, many years ago, I was out working in my garden and I was round the back and taking weeds out and lo and behold, there was something growing from underneath the path at the back. It was very small and very insignificant looking. But when I went to take it out, I realized when I touched it that it wasn't a weed because it felt different. And I thought, wait a minute, this is a wee baby tree that's grown here. And that's what it was. It was a wee tree, and it got there. The seed had been deposited by a passing bird, or was it a pooping bird? Um, <laughs> and it had begun to grow totally by accident underneath the path 
in my back garden. And there's a number of things that we could potentially do. We could just take it out and throw it in the bin. Or, if you're like me, you carefully take it out, trying to preserve the root, and then you replant it. And that's exactly what I did. I replanted this little baby tree. It was only about this size. Just a wee cluster of leaves at the top, but you could feel by the stem that it was a tree. And that tree was rescued, it was repositioned, and it was repurposed. I'm going to show you a picture of the tree. There it is on the screen. Rescued, repositioned, and repurposed. It was rescued from underneath the path, where it would have never had a chance if it tried to grow there. It was in the wrong place. It was repositioned into the pot that you see on the screen there, that terracotta-colored pot, repositioned in there, planted in good soil, and it was fed and tended to. And when it was grown, I would just come every so often and I would nip a wee bit off here and a wee bit there to give it this lovely shape. And it's been in that pot for probably about three or four years now. And just this, just this year, a few months ago, I took that little tree and I repositioned it. I repositioned it by the banks of a river and planted it there. And you can see all the accoutrements that are around about to plant that little tree. I had to take all that with me. And you'll see from that that there is food for the tree. I don't know how well you can make that out. Probably not very well. It says bone meal in that little package. Uh, for round about the roots, this, the hole was dug. It was planted in there, and then it was watered. And you can see the stones round about it. Everything that was essential for that tree to succeed in that location was given to it. And even before that, when it was in that pot in my garden, everything that that tree needed, it was fed, watered, trimmed, pruned, and it was encouraged to grow. And it just made me think about us and our lives. We are like that as well. We need to be rooted in the right place. And I want to suggest today that the place we need to be rooted in is rooted in God and in his purposes and in his kingdom and in his word. And if we're rooted properly, then our lives will flourish and grow. And there are different kinds uh, of scenarios that Jesus paints in this parable. And I want to talk a little bit about that today. The seed that it talks about here, so that little seed that was planted, um, once that tree was old enough, I was able to identify it as a Swedish white beam tree. That's what it was. It was hard to tell when it was young, but when it began to mature, I was, I was able to identify it. And it's the same with us as well. That seed, that seed is, is the word of God which comes into our hearts and can be allowed to flourish if the condition of our hearts is right. And the Bible talks about different kinds of soil. Jesus in his parable talks about different kinds of soil, four types of soil. And those four types of soil represent four types of heart. I don't know what your heart's like today. When you see a little baby up at the front of the church, you go, Ah, and your heart gets really soft and you just go, ah, and get all emotional. And then later on today, you could experience somebody who's gone round a roundabout and cuts you off. And all of a sudden, your heart isn't very soft anymore. You're not like, ah, look at what he just did to me. You're like, mm. right? Things change in our hearts. And we need to think about our hearts and the content of our hearts. Jesus talks about four types of soil. 
Four types of heart. The first one is solid ground, the hard path where the seed lay. If that little bird which dropped that little seed had dropped it on the path, what would have happened? It would have been washed away and it would never have been seen anymore. But it just so happened to land somewhere that it could grow. Our hearts can become hard sometimes. Our hearts can become stubborn. Does anybody in here today have a stubborn heart? Right? I'm looking around at people. Is there, are there stubborn people in here? Right? I don't know about you. Let's be honest. Sometimes we can be really stubborn and we just dig our heels in and we say, no, 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 we're going to do it this way. This is the right way. And it might not be the right way, but we can have that hardness in our hearts, that stubbornness. And we can be like that with the Word of God as well. When people share the Word of God with us, what, what are we talking about here? What is the seed that was sown in the Word of God? Let me, let me give you a one-minute summary, okay? God creates this incredible world, beautifully puts people in it. He gives them a purpose and a plan. He gives them everything that they need to live in this world. And he gives them a simple command, don't eat from that tree. And what do they do? They eat from the tree and they disobey God. And when that happens, death and darkness come into the world. We all struggle with death and darkness. And we've done that since the very beginning. For millennia, we've struggled with the same things because people brought sin into the world. Sin was already in the world, but we gave way to sin. And the wages of sin is death, the Bible says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, his son. And that's the good news. The good news is that Jesus came to this earth 2,000 years ago to die on a cross, to take all this stuff, to take all the badness and the sin of the world, to take it upon himself and to pay the price, God's punishment for our sin, so that one day we can make that decision to allow the seed to fall in our hearts in good soil and accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and allow the kingdom of God to grow in our hearts so that we become mature trees, the people who God calls us to be. And yet even still we can be the stubborn people who say, sorry, I'm not interested. You've probably come across many people who've said, sorry, I'm not interested. We can become indifferent to God. We can become indifferent to what we hear in church every Sunday. I know what it's like. You can come into church every Sunday, week after week, and the word goes in one ear and straight back out the other. But not in this church. That's in other churches that that happens, okay? <laughs> and we, it's like watching the news. Do you ever watch the news and you see really horrible things and then you switch off the news and you go away and you totally forget about it? We, we, we can become hardened to the things that we see. We can become indifferent to what's happening in our world. The second kind of soil is stony soil or shallow. And we notice this when life gets tough, that some people just seem to kind of wither away. They don't have anything to sustain them. There's nothing to hold on to when life gets tough. I don't know about you, um, I've been watching I'm a Celebrity get me out of here. And the very first challenge was one where they had to walk out on a plank with nothing to hold on to. Did, if did, has anybody seen that? Nobody watching that? Okay, one or two people watching that. Okay, you'll know what I'm talking about. And uh, this guy said, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. He couldn't hack it because there was nothing to hold on to. And yet he did a second heights challenge where there were things to hold on to and he managed to do it. And I thought that's really interesting because there were things to hold on to. You can be up high and have things to hold on to. Years and years and years ago when I was just a wee boy, um, down in Uddingston there's a railway bridge that goes over the River Clyde. And there's the railway bridge which the train goes over and right 
parallel to that is the old bridge where there used to be a second line, I think, and all that's left is what we used to call the girders, right? That's not the ones that Iron Brew's made from, okay? They're still there. And one of the challenges as young boys was to see if you could do the girders. And the whole idea was to walk from one side of the bridge all the way out to the middle stanchion on the girders, and you know how wide a girder is, it's that wide, and you had to walk out into the middle stanchion and go down onto the wee walkway under the bridge. And there was nothing to hold on to. All you had to hold on to was your confidence and a good sense of balance. And like all numpties do, I did the girders, okay? I walked out on the girders with nothing to hold on to. Would I do that now? No chance. Absolutely no chance would I do that now. I don't trust myself enough. But it makes a difference when we've got things to hold on to. You can be up high and have something to hold on to. I'm not good with heights these days, and I need stuff to hold on to. But life can be like that. Stuff happens, and it's not necessarily heights. It can be the problems of life. And if you've not got anything to hold on to, you begin to feel a bit afraid and exposed and isolated. I want to suggest today that we can hold on to Jesus in every situation. The third kind of soil is stuffed. It's weedy, it's full, there's no room for anything else. And, and our lives can be like that as well. Life gets busy. You know what I'm talking about. Either we're making money, spending money, or worrying about not having enough money. Which category are you in today? Eh? Are you the one who's making the money? Or are you the one who's spending the money? Or are you the one who's worrying about not having enough money? We can probably be in all three in a single moment. And I get that it's hard these times not to worry about money and not having enough. But our lives can become so full with cares and concerns and worries. And rather than handing those things over to God and saying, come and help, we struggle and struggle and struggle away. We sung that song this morning, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you've been so, so good. And I'm now old enough to look back on a fair chunk of life and actually look back and say, God has been faithful in every situation. When you're making the money, and when you get made redundant, and you wonder what's going to happen next, and God opens up a way. And when you're spending the money, and when you don't have enough money, and you have to spend the money, and you're like, what are we going to do here? Lord, we need help. Rather than clinging on to God and asking him to come and help, we worry and we, we get caught by life. And so it's another type of soil and rather than hearing what God wants to say to us, we get caught up with worries and cares. The last one is fruitful. Fruitful soil. Fertile, rich, well-watered soil. When I planted that tree, I, put, I dug the hole, I put bone meal round about the root, bone meal in the hole, uh, and there was fresh uh, soil that went in there as well to, to aid the, the root to, to kind of move out from its bowl into the hole which it, which it had been planted in. Everything possible to make that tree successful. And these four types of soil really represent four types of soul. Four types of soil that represent four types of soil. Soul, sorry. The first one is the resistant soul. Let me read verse 12 again. Those along the path, the seeds that is, are the ones who hear and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. The second one is somebody who's receptive, but left on its own, 
will wither away like the faith of some people. Verse 13 says, Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. There's nothing to hang on to. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. And times of testing will come to each one of us in life. That's just what life is all about. And none of us can escape that. The third kind of soil, uh, soul is the rich soul. But with richness comes worries and concerns. Maybe, maybe today you already have all you need and you don't need anything else. I want to suggest that if you don't have Jesus, you don't have everything that you need. Verse 14 says, The seed that fell amongst the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. And they do not mature. The whole point of being a Christian is that you become mature. The last type of soul is the retentive soul. Verse 15 says, But the seed in the good soil stands for those who, with noble, uh, those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. I want to suggest that those four types of soul represent four types of attitude. People who resist the word of God. People who resist God in their lives. People who are receptive, but nothing happens. Or when the time comes, when there's testing and the trials come, they quickly fall away. A different kind of attitude to life. People who are rich, who maybe have everything that they need, and it's like, well, I quite like this, but, you know, all this other stuff has become more important. And then people who are retentive, people who hold on to the Word of God and put it into practice in their lives. And I want to suggest today that those four attitudes detect, uh, determine the way we live our lives. Our actions flow out of our attitude. Do you know, I came across something quite surprising um, just recently as I was uh, looking around at some things. I'm going to ask Courtney to show a wee video. Um, it's, a, it's David Attenborough being uh, interviewed and it said something to me about his attitude when I, I saw this video. So let's listen to this video just for uh, one minute. Your old friend Richard Dawkins used to go tadpoling with him years ago. I think Richard Dawkins would say, look, let's use, I think you've described yourself as an agnostic, but he'd want to say, let, why don't you say that you're an atheist? Because if you say that, you clear away all this religious clutter and people can then appreciate the scientific wonder of the world. But your agnosticism, I think, is a, is this, would you say it's a scientific agnosticism? You feel as a scientist you yes, should I never think, say you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't help thinking uh, of when I have, for example, taken off the, the top of a termite hill and I've seen termites in there, um, all busying about um, building walls, looking after the queen, caring for the pupae, clearing the nest, all busy about it. Then they're all blind, and they have the faintest idea that I am there watching what they're doing, because they don't have those sense organisms which would allow them to know that. And I do sometimes feel that maybe I'm lacking in some sense organ, and I don't know whether there's anybody else involved in all this sort of thing. And it's a, it's a very um, confident thing to say that I'm absolutely sure uh, that, uh, that there's nothing in this world that I don't have the sense organs to appreciate. That's, that would be my position. 
And Richard, I don't, I don't doubt, would say, well, that's rather feeble. That's not being very brave. And he maybe has got a case. I just find that fascinating. That example, I, I just felt tied in with what I'm talking about today. The ability to perceive, to have that sense organ, as he talked about, to perceive that there is something more. And I, I think that's what God does with us. And I, I think that's what God does with us. When we receive the word, when we receive Jesus into our hearts, he gives us the ability to hear the voice of God, to hear the word of God, and to allow it to transform us so that when we walk through life, we have what we need. We have the Lord with us at our side. I wonder, what's your soul like today? Are you receptive to what God wants to say? Are you able to hear and receive and perceive what God, who God is and the fact that he wants to have a relationship with you today? I wonder, are you rooted in your own opinions? We can be so rooted in our own opinions and ideas that we don't hear God. We can so be, be so rooted in an ideology. We can be so rooted in culture. We can be so rooted in being politically correct that we don't hear what God wants to say to us. I wonder today, what is your soul like? What's your soul like today? Are you receptive to what God wants to say to you today? What's your thoughts like? What's your emotions like? What kind of decisions do you make? What is your will like today? Where do you stand in relationship to God? My prayer over Cain is that he will come to a place one day where he hears the word of God and responds to it. And I will celebrate when that day comes. We have the opportunity today to make a decision about what we're going to do with the words of Jesus. What we're going to do with this person who came into the world 2,000 years ago and who was raised to life and who lives forever at the right hand of God and who prays for us all the time. I wonder what our response would be in the book of John. And I finish with this, John chapter 1, verse 12. It says, To all who received him, talking about Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We bring children into the world and they grow up and they have the opportunity to not only be our children to be, but to become children of God. Why? How? Sorry. Those who receive him, like receiving that seed into fertile hearts. Those who believe in his name, who believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he died for our sins and that he continually lives to intercede for us, to pray for us, to petition God for us. Let's just close our eyes. Let's bow our heads for a wee moment as we finish off our time together today. Father, we thank you for this day. It's been such a blessed time to be in your presence. Father, we thank you for this dedication. Father, we thank you for Cain, for Tommy and Tyrian, for their families. And Lord, we just pray blessing upon them. And Father, we pray blessing upon this congregation. Father, we pray that you bless each of us with the ability to receive the word of God into our hearts. Bless us with the ability to perceive who you are and what you're doing in our lives. Bless us with the ability to hear and to understand your word as it is sown into our hearts. Bless us, Father, with deep roots that go deep down into the core of our being that we may be people who produce a harvest, who produce a crop. 
And Father, we know that the Bible tells us the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. All these things, Father, are the fruit that comes from our lives. Father, your word talks about the fruit of righteousness, right living. And Father, again, that's fruit that we just bear in our lives when we are rooted in you. And so, Father, I pray that our roots would go deep, that our roots would go wide, and that our sustenance would come from you. And so, Father, we just pray that you'd help us to hold on to you. And maybe there are people today and you've never, ever invited Jesus into your life. You've never made that decision to follow Jesus. And God just asks you today, do you want to make that decision today? Do you want to invite Jesus into your life today? And it really is just a simple prayer. And I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you want to invite Jesus into your life today, you pray this prayer after me into your heart quietly. And then tell somebody that you've prayed that prayer. Just tell somebody else. And as you do that, God comes into your life. As you open up your heart to receive God into your life, to receive the, 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 the seed of the word of God into your life. This is a simple prayer. Dear God, I thank you today for Jesus. I thank you that he is the good news. I thank you that he died for my sin. I thank you that through accepting him in faith, I can be forgiven from my past and be given a new start a fresh hope. I can be repositioned and repurposed. So come in today. Forgive me. Live in me. And come and meet me today. In Jesus' name, amen. And Father, we just pray your blessing on everyone who's prayed that prayer today, whether in the building here or online, Father, we just ask that you just come by your Spirit and that you just fill them to overflowing. Lord, we pray your blessing on each one of us today. Father, may we know peace. May we know rest. May we know provision for those who are in need. May we know healing for those who need a touch in their bodies. Father, we ask you again that you just pour out the things which we need into our hearts and lives today. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. Have a fantastic week and don't forget to say hi to the baby at the end today.